for a minute and then go home and nothing's changed That's right. the chains are still there the strongholds still holding your mind the temptations are still flooding you no no if the spirit of the lord is here and there's freedom and deliverance then let's just yes. go ahead and receive it yes. let's just go ahead and receive freedom in the holy ghost today yes let's just go ahead and let the wind of god the wind of the spirit of the living god saturate and flood this place in our hearts and our minds and our bodies in this family we have to be open to it. go ahead we have to be open to the spirit doing work in us which means we have to take our pride and lay it down at the altar and we prayed about that earlier in worship uh, prayer this morning 
taking our egos and setting them aside and saying, it is not about me, Lord. It is about you. The reason why I couldn't sing that verse is because I am free, because he did break the chains. And if there are chains in the room, the name of Jesus can break those. But you have to be willing to say, Lord, I can't do this on my own, and I'm tired of struggling. So break them off of me. You can have it. Have whatever you want. Take it. Because I mess it up, but you perfect it. Woo! In your name. Yes. Yes. Come on, Lord Jesus. Perfect your praise in your people. Perfect the worship in your people this morning. Pure hearts with perfected praise and worship to to, to our all, all awesome King. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. When did the Spirit come? Come on, let's just declare in unity that He is going to come. He is here to visit with us. And if He is here, there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. Freedom. Healing. There's freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom. Let the Spirit of the Lord come rushing in, rushing in, rushing in. Let the Spirit of the Lord come rushing in, overwhelm my heart again. Let the Spirit of the Lord come rushing in, rushing in, rushing in. Come rushing, come rushing in right now. Let the Spirit of the Lord come Spirit of the Lord come rushing in, overwhelm my heart again. Let the Spirit of the Lord come rushing in, rushing in, come rushing in. 
right where you're at. I just believe we need to be more thankful this morning. I think we need to start being thankful right where we're at. Pray in uh, however you want to pray. I want you to start thanking God for everything he's been doing in your life. Thanking God for what we can do even in this country and what we can do in our families and in this church. But let's be thankful this morning because I believe there's, there's a weight right now. I feel a weight in this room. And it's time to release that. It's time to get thankful once again for what you have. Thankful that you're breathing this morning. Thankful that, that, that he's chose us to go out and do amazing things. So whatever that is, you want to pray in your, your heavenly language. You want to pray in your own language. Let's just take a moment as we worship to just thank him in prayer. Thank him for what he's doing. Come on, Father. We love you. We thank you. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. We're so thankful for you, Lord. We're so thankful that we can come before you. We're thankful, Father, for your love. We're thankful for your son. We're thankful that we can come together as a family. Thank you, Father. Holy is your name. Come on. Let's be thankful this morning. Come on. Let's be thankful this morning. Come on, holy. Come on. Let's keep praying. Come on. saints let's worship worship our God hallelujah those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth God is spirit hallelujah we worship you Lord we are thankful this morning God to you we owe everything to you Jesus hallelujah Lord the king of kings Lord we worship you this morning we are thankful this morning Lord we come into your presence with thanksgiving and gratitude Lord we are thankful this morning hallelujah Lord holy God holy God Holy God, Sunday, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you in spirit and in truth this morning, Lord. You are spirit. Those that worship you must worship in spirit, Lord. You are a spirit, Father. Hallelujah. Holy God, Sunday, Lord. Release on your people, Lord. Sunday, Lord. Holy God, Holy, holy God.
worship by saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So let's declare that today. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. When everything around you is shaking, keep your eyes on the lion. He's coming back. When everything around you is shaking, keep your eyes on the lion. When everything around you is shaking, keep your eyes on the lion. When everything around you is shaking, keep your eyes on the lion.
sing that again you are beautiful but I want everybody to sing it I don't want you to be quiet about it I want you to let him know how beautiful he is come on
come on, we surrender all. What that means, though, is you actually surrender all. You can't hang on to anything. You're not allowed to surrender some of it and complain about the rest. You're not allowed to wake up in a bad mood and surrender some of your night to him and not all of it. You're not allowed to wake up and say, I'm going to surrender part of my morning and not all of it. I surrender all. <laughs> Which means when you surrender to him and his love fills up you, you have a choice to make each and every day. You have a choice to live by each and every day. You can choose to be angry and frustrated and all that, or you can choose to love and walk in him. Man, you, nobody puts you in a bad mood. You put yourself in a bad mood by choosing to be in a bad mood. That's just how it is. Nobody can do that to you. Only you can accept that. Only you can walk in that. But when you surrender all to him, <laughs> you're not allowed to hang on to any of that. There's no reason why you can walk around and be frustrated and angry at anybody or unforgiving or any of that stuff. That's gone when you surrender to him. <laughs> Just picture that. That's a different life. That's a different walk. There's peace in that. There's love in that. There's joy in that. And it's a choice. So if you're not in that this morning, it's a choice. If you're not walking in that this morning, you chose not to walk in that. And not everybody likes to hear that. Nobody likes to hear the fact that you're frustrated because you chose to be frustrated. You want to blame it on somebody, blame it on something, blame it on some circumstance, blame it on something else. When you just made a choice, I'm going to be frustrated. But when we surrender to him, when we give it all to him, we don't have a right anymore. You get to walk in love and joy and peace. Man, that's what he does. That's what he brings. That's what surrendering does in your life. Doesn't mean you don't have a bad day and things don't happen. It's how you respond to all the things that do happen. If you respond the right way, man, it comes out good. Hmm. Hope you feel that this morning. So, Father, touch the hearts in this room. Touch the hearts in this room. Come on, Father. Bring peace and comfort and joy. We love you, Lord. We surrender to you. We truly surrender to you. We want to walk out of here today different than the way we walked in. So, Father, have your way in this place. Have your way in everything we do. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Well, I, see, I see things changing right now. I see you changing hearts like a water course. I see things moving and shifting. And Come on. Hmm. Let joy overwhelm you this morning. Let peace overwhelm you this morning. Let's choose to be happy and joyful and loving. Let's truly surrender to him. Father, we love you for that, and we thank you for that. And we surrender to you this morning. Have your way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Oh, man. Nina, you having way too much fun back there, girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Can't contain it. So good this morning. Guys, it's, uh, it's good to see everybody. I know uh, we kind of got a flow of things, but um, we're going to do a couple things here. Um, it is Memorial Day weekend, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show a video. I really want you to understand where my heart is on this. And then, um, and after that, I want to pray over our offering. We're going to receive offering this morning. I want to pr pray over that, and then we're going to release our kids. So um, 
Like I said, it is Memorial Day weekend, and I know some people take that different ways, and people think it's a day off or it's something to do, but to me, it's kind of personal. Okay, so we're going to honor that. We're going to honor those that, that gave their life for this country, um, and we're just going to love on them and pray for them this morning, pray for their families this morning. Um, but, but we have a short video just to kind of share our hearts. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for those that, that sacrificed, those that said yes and just did what they were called to do. Hmm. Father, we ask you to bless their families, their loved ones, their friends, those that served with them. Bring them peace and comfort today, Father. Just love on them, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for the freedoms we have. We thank you that, that you first led us in the same way, Lord. So thank you. Father, we just love you. Man, we surrender this to you. And we honor all those this morning. We honor the families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Woo! Come on. Oh, I only get to wear these shoes a couple times a year without people actually complaining or making fun of me. So I got my, I got my flag. Hey, dudes on, y'all. Come on. This is... But, uh, um, man, it's such, such, such a good time to see everybody. But man, this is, these are moments when I just, I don't know, there's something about Memorial Day that, that, you know, I've lost friends and, and it's, uh, it's touching, but I never want to forget them. Cause I know, you know, it's, uh, you know, some of them didn't know Jesus. They just did what they were called to do. 
And if we can go back and change that, we would. But man, anyway, I just uh, just think about them this weekend as you're you're celebrating with your family, as you're just spending time with your loved ones, and just remember, there's some people that aren't doing that. So because they wanted you to be able to do that. So trust me, nobody joins the military thinking that's going to be the the end result. You just don't do it. But that could be the end result, and you accept that. You accept it, but that's that's not the plan. The plan is to come home. So. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on, and we're going to have, I want to bless our children. We're going to have our offering up here uh, in our break, so you can give this morning. We usually take about a 10-minute break or so to use the restroom and do whatever you got to do, say hello to a bunch of people um, that you hadn't seen in a while. We have uh, uh, Brother Bo and Mama Rachel in the house and their family today, so we're excited about having them. So good to see you guys. He just came in from the Ukraine this weekend, so it's awesome to have him here uh, to share with us this morning. But So, Father, we love you. We thank you. Father, we just lift up this offering to you right now. Father, we know that you want to, you, you, man, man, we just want to bless you, Father. We thank you for blessing us. So, Father, we just want to give back and bless you. So, Father, I just pray for a bunch of cheerful givers this morning, Father, that as they give, it's because you told them what to give and how to give, and, and they give cheerfully, Father, knowing that you can use that for your kingdom in any way, shape, or form you want to. So, Father, we bless that this morning. And, Father, we bless our children this morning as they get prepared for, for their, uh, for, to go back with the leaders, Father God, we ask that you touch them, give them wisdom and knowledge this morning, Father, pour into them, Father, just continue to use them to be a light in this world, Father God, we just thank you for that, so bless the children this morning, Father, we love you, we thank you, in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen and amen, come on, we'll be back in about 10 minutes, so let's go, let's give and go say hi to someone.
nothing left in reserve Nothing waiting for another day Without caution, Lord, I want to give it all away Give it all away Some people may say, why this I've seen the price you've paid I've seen the life you gave So I freely lay mine down tonight I give it all away
Yeah, tell everybody to get in here. <laughs> here they come. Man. There is, no, there is no governance in this home, brother. Like I tell you, people just do what they want to do. Can you believe that? My apostles in the house. Y'all better get in here. <laughs> get me in trouble. I already see it. Man. I've been called to the principal's office already. Y'all... <laughs> Hello. Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That'll steal your heart. I don't care who you are. Well, come on. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Okay. Yeah. All right. We're good. We're making it. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? Come on. All right. All right. That's, that's a little bit better. That's a little bit better. Uh, glad to have you all this weekend. You guys are the warriors. You're the ones that are here uh, on Memorial Day weekend when everybody else is out celebrating. Yeah, you guys are like, nah, man, we went out last week. We're broke. <laughs> We're coming to church. I got free coffee at church. No, I love y'all, man. Thank you all for being out here. Thank you for coming out this morning. If you are new here, do me a favor. Fill out a Connect card. Let us know you were here. You can do that digitally. There'll be one up on the screen. They can click on up there. Uh, if not, you can do one. Uh, sign up for one out in the foyer. Go ahead, Pam. I know Pam's a talker. You got to watch it back there. There you go. There's your Connect card. You can scan that. That's awesome. Uh, fill that out. Let us know you were here. This way we can reach out to you, pray for you, answer any questions that you might have about who we are, what we do, and all that. Or you can actually just download our app, download, go to our website, check us out online. Um, just amazing things. So uh, we had a great time this morning in our kingdom class. If you missed it, uh, hopefully we'll do it again, man. We had the bandies came out and they, they shared with us this morning on their Israel trip. And so they took tons of pictures, filled us in on all the stuff that was going on there. We're actually planning a trip uh, in the future. So that'll give you some time for that. So our kingdom classes, please, if we could put that. Is there a slot up there? There we go. <laughs> Pam, I love you. I know you are. I know you are. I love you, Pam. <laughs> there you go. There's our, uh, there's our stuff up there. So uh, every morning. So next week, we're going to do the disc profile and the following week of spiritual gifts. I'm going to be teaching those. Uh, and then we'll have uh, hearing God through his word and then kingdom healing. So awesome stuff coming up, guys. Please be there. But yeah, if you missed this morning, uh, just great, man. I love it. You put a lot of work into that, brother, that presentation and everything. Um, talking about it. I mean, they were over there. Uh, and they went to Israel and took wonderful pictures and they walked all these places. Just beautiful. So thank you for that. And uh, what did we say? Three years, five years? What are you planning? Three, Three years. It's going to take us that much time to raise the money. Yeah, <laughs> but it was good. That is a good trip, y'all. If you want, come talk to him sometime. He'll share with you. Uh, you got a personal invite to come over to my house and fill me in on everything that I missed. Uh, we, we want, I want to hear all that stuff, so that's great. Uh, we have our baptism Sunday coming up in two weeks now. It was going to be on the 4th. It's on the 11th now. So June 11th is going to be our baptism Sunday. If you want to get baptized, if that's your next step, um, please sign up online or on the app. Let us know that you want to get baptized. This way we can keep track of that. But uh, ultimately, even if you just say, you know what, I want to, I just want to do it again. I'm, I did it a long time ago when it didn't mean anything to me. It was just a, a ritual we went through. It was just legalism that that was the next step. If you want this, if you want to do this again, you want to do it in front of your family, let us know. Uh, let us know. Uh, we're going to be doing that on the 11th. So we're excited about that. June 17th is going to be praise in the park. Come on. I'm excited about praise in the park. I'm glad I got a couple people excited about this. 
So praise in the park, what we're going to be doing for praise in the park. So, you know, I don't, we don't have a slide for that. Nope. Okay. So praise in the park guys from now on at once a month uh, up through the end of November, we're going to be hosting praise instead of doing a worship night in here, we're going to be doing praise in the park. It's going to be a Saturday evening down in the village of Millbrook. And we're taking over the park down there. We're going to be cooking food, blessing people, praying for people, worshiping guys. It's, it's big. And this is what God's called us to do. We finally got it on the books to do it. Um, this is just one more step in, in walking in obedience. This city needs us. He put us here for this city. Okay. And we're going to go take it over. We're going to, we're going to go do what he asked us to do. And we're going to invite other churches to come alongside us when we do that. Um, that's just how it always works. And we want to do life with other churches. Uh, but we already set that up. So just plan on that. We'll get all the dates out to you. But uh, the next one is June 17th, six to eight in the evening. So uh, it'll, it'll take some work to put it together, but it's going to be good. So I expect to see everybody there. It'll be fun. Also a heart for the house, just to fill you in. I haven't talked about it in a while. We've already raised over $13,000 for Heart for the House. Come on, y'all. So good. Uh, Heart for the House, like I said, that's giving to improve what we have to do things in here. We want to change carpets and, and flooring and all kinds of stuff. We'll update you more on that. If you still want to give to that, you can. Uh, if you want to keep giving to that, you can. If God puts that on your heart, um, look, that's no arm twisting. This is not like you have to give to this. This is just um, something we do as a family here uh, to help better what God gave us. We want to be good stewards of what he gave us. So we have to update some things and do some things. One last thing, we have an online survey for you. This is kind of cool. You can put this one up there if you scan that. This is about our kingdom classes. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to find out uh, with our kingdom classes, like why are you, uh, have you gone? If you haven't gone, why not? If you have gone, we'll have a list of all the classes up there. You can click on the ones that you said, this was really good, or I didn't get much out of this one. We want to make sure that we're giving you a good product that you're growing from and learning from and stuff like that. And then if you really liked some people talking about something, like when Jim Paul and Miss Karen talked about marriage, people were like, that was awesome. So guess what? We're going to invite them back, you know. <laughs> to do that again. And so, but this is a great survey for everybody. So please, even if you hadn't gone, let us know why you don't go. We're just interested in knowing how it's going. And, and there'll be lists of different things on there. You can actually click on to see like, I'm interested in this or this or this or this. Like I said, this is a way for us to pour into you, for us to give you more information and to lead you in that. So that's everything about what I want to talk about. And then, uh, so Father, right now, I just, uh, we love you, Lord. We surrender to you. Have your way. And everything we talked about, Lord, we just give it to you. So Father, uh, we just ask you to come in this place and just saturate this house right now. Father, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So now for some of you, you might not know this <laughs> amazing just awesome dude that he hates it when I say anything about him. But this is my spiritual father. He's apostle over the house. Um, him and his wife and his family's here. We love to have you guys. It's been like 10, 11 months since you spoke in this place. So we love you. I uh, can't wait to hear from you. So everybody, let's give it up for Brother Bo Barton. Come on. <laughs> give it up for Mama Rachel. Come on. She always gets a higher praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Good morning, y'all. Good morning. We got the disco light going. I'm going to hypnotize y'all while I'm talking. <laughs> I would have never noticed that until Rachel pointed it out. Now I can't unsee it. <laughs> I don't notice those details. That's right. I'd be here. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, 
probably wouldn't be dressed properly if it wasn't for her today. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Um, it has been a minute since I've been in the house with you guys, so I'm really blessed to be back with y'all. Yeah. Before I get going, I, I've, we did a video, and do you got that ready, Amber? All right. I'm the pastor here at Philadelphia Church. I want to share with you what our church, Philadelphia, is about and how we work. Our church is still under construction. We have an improvised door. We have to put something because sometimes people rob our construction materials. We also have bathrooms, water, and septic. What we're lacking is electricity and sinks. We are here giving after-school classes. The elementary children were teaching Spanish, math, and other classes that they study in school. We also help some in high school. It's called Crossroad Academy. The conditions here aren't the best, but we've improvised. We've improvised with a mesh covering. During the rain, we put a plastic tarp. We have advanced also in getting some chairs and some tables. Our goal is to have a rural school for children who have a passion to advance their learning. We will provide certificates for elementary and high school students. I want to thank Brother Bo and Miss Rachel for all their work. I want to share with you what's going on right now. Right now we have encountered the rainy season here in Tierra Blanca. We had class today with the children but couldn't finish because of the rain. We don't have a roof. And it's raining really, really hard. We have to send them home, send them home early. I'm asking for help to finish our roof. We put up a tarp, but it's not helping. The conditions are not good for our classes. Also, we're battling these conditions on Sundays for our church services. We bless you in Jesus' name, and thank you. Hi, my name is Lisa <laughs> uh, I was going to speak a few minutes. Uh, that Greece is one of our spiritual daughters. She pastors one of our churches in the state of Carretero. Uh, she is an amazing young woman, and she's doing a work that nobody else would do. The men wouldn't do it, and she planted a church there. Um, we go there regularly and do service when we're there. We oversee that work. She probably has about 40 to 50 people in that church building. They've built that whole building by themselves. Uh, and they're poor people. I mean, they're poor. And she is just a, a great blessing to the kingdom of God. She is very, very special, very anointed, very powerful young woman who loves Jesus. And I made that video, Rachel did, while I was gone and, and the rest of our team. And we sent it to all our churches today. So that's going out to all of the family. They need about $2,000 plus to finish the roof pour a concrete roof, put some electricity in there, probably a few more hundred dollars. And I just felt it was right to share that with everybody. Can you put the giving graphic up there, please? Um, if you would like to participate in that, and I hope you do to some degree, uh, you can go right there to our company of believers. And when you get there, there'll be a tab that says missionaries. So you can go ahead and get your phones out <laughs> in case you're waiting for an invitation. You can at least pretend like you are. Um, but no, seriously, y'all, I've never done that before here. 
I've never done that anywhere for any of our churches in Mexico. But I really felt like I was supposed to invite all of the families to be a part of that and to be a part of what God's doing there and to help cover that building. I mean, when we're there, the tarp's blowing, it rains there all the time, and they're still in there worshiping God, getting wet. And it's pretty awesome. Um, it's one of the few places I didn't get a chance to take everybody when y'all came. And it, it's just, it's hours away from everything else, and it's just amazing. So, like I said, we're, we're trying to get that money to her in the next week so they can begin construction for the range really start at the end of June when hurricane season kicks in. And I just, I hope that God puts it on your heart to cover the whole thing uh, and extra. If you're in here, go ahead and do that. Uh, it's just a blessing to be a part of the kingdom of God wherever you go. And so I just wanted to share that with y'all and give everybody a chance to participate. Because if you don't know, you can't participate. And, and when I tell you that that's a worthy cause, I can tell you because my feet are in that building, my wife's feet are in that building, uh, my spiritual son's feet are in those buildings and pouring into those people. And it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. Like she's put a banner in the ground where there is no gospel. And as a young lady, I mean, as a, as a young woman, because the men wouldn't do it. She is serving Jesus there and bringing people in to the kingdom of God in an amazing way and has really dedicated herself to the children there. And so there's a great, great move of God in that. So anyway, me and Rachel, I just got back from Ukraine on Friday night. It was an amazing trip. You know, we have churches now there that we're overseeing. The work is growing. We were planting churches when we were there. Um, it, it's happened at such a rate right now. There's such a desperation in the country of Ukraine because of the war and every bit of stability being stripped away. It's just amazing what's happening. And like, I was there for 13 days, and I don't think my mouth shut except when I slept the few hours they let me sleep. Because there's such a hunger and there's such a need and they're, they're so desperate for somebody to, to give them direction, to give them help, to pour into them and see value in them because they're being abandoned left and right and uh, they're in the midst of chaos. But in the middle of that, the Spirit of God's pouring out. People were being healed when I was there. People were being saved. It was the presence of God was pouring out. It, I told Rachel, I experienced things in 13 days that I was there, 12 days I was there, in a way I've never experienced ever before. Like the grace that God has given me, the anointing he's given me to do the work there, it was so tangible, it was so flowing that I wasn't even touching people and God was just destroying people left and right with his glory and his presence and his hope. And it was just amazing because you know it's just him doing that. And, and some of y'all in here support me and Rachel personally in the Company of Believers, and we thank you guys for that. It's a blessing to help us go and do what God's asked us to do all over the place, and we just thank you. Hallelujah. All right. If you got your Bibles, I want to go to John chapter 9. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all there? John chapter 9. I am reading in the New King James. They'll all do, contrary to a lot of beliefs. 
I heard somebody say who's a scholar, a doctor of the law, that you know in every Bible translation from one to the end to the other, there's about 6% difference in, in, at the biggest part. I was like, wow, that's an amazing statement. And people want to fight over which one's right. If you just did the 94% that you knew was right in there, we'd all be okay. <laughs> this would be a different world. Uh, it, it was just funny. I heard that. It was just an interesting thing. Anyway. But I'm reading in the New King James, y'all. Uh, it says right here, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Y'all, I want y'all to say that with me. Y'all ready? I must work the works of him who sent me. I must work the works of him who sent me. I must. I must. It's not Brother DJ's job. It's not Brother Jim's job. It's not Brother Scott's job. It's my job to do the works of the one who sent me. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. All right, y'all say that part with me. I am the light of the world. Jesus made that statement to us after he said it about himself. He says, when he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Never ever recorded in a history that we know of that somebody ever spit in the dirt and wiped it in somebody's eyes expecting something to happen. Y'all ever seen anybody do that? I've been there. <laughs> and watch somebody hawk up a loogie, spit in the dirt and wipe it in somebody's eyes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why he did it to a blind man so he couldn't see what was happening. <laughs> it's an amazing sight to behold. I've never been moved on by faith to do that yet. But maybe this afternoon when we get done preaching, we'll call some of y'all up here and start spitting. Uh, I want to talk a few minutes about putting a demand on the anointing. Putting a demand on the anointing. We got to understand that there's a responsibility that's on each one of us as sons and daughters of God to respond. Everything and every promise in the word of God demands a response. There's not one promise in the word of God that does not require a response. Not works, but a response. 
not doing something in a legalistic way, but a response to the goodness of God that has been offered. In this scenario, you, you see Jesus, he, he finds this blind man. I've preached this, this passage here and other places, and, you know, from a different point of view than I'm going to today. The other one was just as right as what I'm about to say today. It's just a different thing that God's bringing out. You know, when he walks by and he answers those disciples' questions about who sinned, him and his parents, you know, it, it's, it, it's just... It just showed the lack of understanding that they had, even walking with Jesus. And he didn't even, he didn't even, he just, he just bypassed that. And he, he felt no need to define it because they weren't asking the right question. They weren't walking under the right yoke of responsibility of being a son of God. They were trying to find out why this person was in that condition instead of understanding that if they were standing there looking at it, they were supposed to be the catalyst of it changing. And Jesus, he responds to himself in such an awesome way. He says that the glory of God should be revealed. Neither this man, but the works of God should be revealed in him. Do you know how much would change if the sons and daughters of God, instead of trying to assess why certain things are going a certain way or why there's this chaos and who did wrong and who has the wrong stance here, the wrong belief and the wrong actions for the reason for all this. If you just walked up to each one of those situations and understand, I'm here to manifest the works of God. This situation was allowed to come into play so that I could bring the glory of God to bear on it. Because I must do the works of he who sent me. Yeah. One of the greatest things I ever surrendered to was the responsibility and the truth that I allowed to come into my heart that I am the one God has sent. Do you understand? You are the one that Father has sent. You are the one he put his spirit in. Forget the rest of the world. Nobody else is a believer but you. You are the one he sent. So Jesus, he anointed the man's eyes with, with mud, with the spit. But nothing happened. There was no change. The man didn't see. The man didn't jump up and start shouting and wiping the mud off his eyes right there. He was giving a command that he was supposed to respond to for there actually to be a change on his life. He had to put a demand on the anointing that was on his eyes. And how did he do that? By being obedient to what Jesus told him to do. You must go to the pool salon. Yeah. Ain't nothing happening until you obey. You don't got to do nothing. You don't got to conjure it up. You just have to obey what I've told you to do. And the miracle happens because you obey. You put a demand on the anointing that I just put on your life. <laughs> Nobody has a problem believing what I'm saying about Jesus. It's when I begin to tell you about the anointing that's on your life, that's on my life, that you're supposed to also be putting a demand on that we begin to struggle and trip up and say, yeah, but. And that's what keeps most of us and the world around us in absolute chaos. 
Because we don't think we're the ones sent to do the works of the Father there. We think it's somebody else's job. We're just just there to observe and and try to judge why it's actually happening. I don't care why it's happening. I don't care whose fault it is. I'm there to change it. I am the answer that God sent. And that's not because I think much of me at all. I just actually decided I'm going to believe what God says. You know, in this house and Brother DJ and, and me, and we all believe in beloved identity. We preach it. We live it. It's radically changed my life. I am his and he is mine. Ain't none of y'all talking me out of that. You might not like me. He loves me. You might hate to see me coming. I'm his favorite. I believe that. And you're supposed to believe that about yourself. And you don't believe that about yourself yet is because you haven't surrendered to the truth of what he's saying about you. And that's a problem that keeps you bound up in, in, a, in flux, in, in an up and down relationship with the Lord because you, you won't surrender to the truth of who you are to him. And he is saying it to you nonstop. Yeah, it's so amazing. I went there one of our first nights. I get in, you know, we travel all the way to get there. And I go to a service, the church we've been before, and God's given us their relationship with the lady, she's a pastor. She's been there 80 years. Her husband pastor before. He's died, but she's just holding the, holding the line, waiting for somebody to stand up and take responsibility for the family of God so she can sit down and rest. Yeah. And, and we're there, and the Spirit of the Lord comes. You know, and I, I believe that I've been sent there with grace from God. Yeah. I've been anointed to go and do a job. I believe God's put something in my hands that I'm supposed to give away. And I minister that way. I live my life that way. I believe everywhere I put my feet, hell has to back up. That everywhere I go, it's supposed to be better because I'm standing there. Everywhere I stand, it's supposed to make it easier for everybody else around me. I believe that. You won't talk me out of it. I know it's true because the Word of God says it. And so since I believe that, I surrender to that truth, and it flows out of my life everywhere I go. I have a river of living water flowing out of my belly. Why? Because I decided I'm better than you? No, because he told me if I came to him and drank, that would be so. End of story. Why do I got to judge if that's supposed to be true or not for me? Because I know where I came from. If I'm drinking from his cup, it is so. I have living water flowing out of my belly for the, the weary, for the downcast. I, I, so I'm in there, you know, I'm preaching and loving on these people. It's awesome. There, there are probably not but about 30 people in there. It was an out of normal service for them during the week. God's moving. It's awesome. At the end of the service, Grandma comes up to me and she's like, hey, I need you to help me. I was like, yes, ma'am, how? So I, I did deliverance on one of our young leaders, a young girl in our church, and we did a bunch of deliverance on her, and, and you know, she was great for a few days, but she called me up yesterday and says she feels like all these demons have come back to her, and she feels like she can't get free, and she needs more deliverance. And I hear stuff like that, and I'm just like, oh, sweet Jesus. And uh, I said, all right. So I come in there 5 o'clock before service, and and. My my friend Max, who who we worked together there, he wasn't. He was parking the car, so he wasn't in there with me. 
So I walk in, there's this young, young little girl, young little pretty girl, she's probably 20-something, sitting on the couch. She just smiles, lights up at me. She knows Phineas. She remembers me from last time. I didn't remember her. And I walk in. I said, hey, how you doing? And we're talking. And she says, I'm going to interpret for you tonight. Well, I had church later. So I thought she was my interpreter for later, or, or not for later. I thought she was my interpreter for this session I was fishing to have with the, with the grandma pastor and whoever this young girl was that was fishing to come in. You know, I'm just talking to her. I mean, the girl's got Jesus all over. She lit up as soon as I walked in the room. That girl, you know, it's just awesome. And after about 10 minutes, they finally told me, you know, she's the girl. And she goes, I'm the girl you're supposed to be ministering to. You know, I, I, I'm pretty discerning. And, and I just, I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, all right, man, I must be tired because I'm not seeing this. And I asked her, so what's going on? Well, I just have this spirit of a re rejection and of orphan spirit. I mean, she starts giving me a list of everything that they've told her that she's got. And I'm listening to her and, and I said, all right, let's just pray. And I said, look, we're going to pray in the spirit. We're gonna, I'm going to sing in the spirit. And it was just me, her, and grandma in there. And I said, let's, let's just pray for a few minutes. Let's ask, let's ask Holy Ghost what he wants to do. And we just started singing in the Spirit. I started singing in the Spirit. I started stirring up the gift of God within me. And I just started singing and worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God. I mean, it was like instant. It was like somebody poured out a, a waterfall. And I mean, it was just like, boom. Grandma started weeping. This young girl sitting on the couch, she just started laughing and crying at the same time. And I'm just feel, I feel like I'm erupting on the inside. And I'm just singing in the spirit. I mean, I'm just singing. And, and she's just weeping and laughing. I'm like, I don't know, you know, you can just feel the glory of God in the room. And I, I didn't stop. I let it just be there for about five minutes. Finally, I stopped and I asked the young girl, I said, so what, what, what's all that? Why are you laughing? She's like, I just joy. I feel joy so deep within me. She's like, I feel peace inside of me. And, and I said, that's because that is the witness of the living God on the inside of you. You don't have demons. You have God inside of you. And I said, I feel the same thing. That is your spirit, my spirit, bearing witness with the spirit of God. And I don't doubt that you're under assault. I don't doubt that hell is trying to lay hold of your mind all over again and telling you all the lies that you believed before and all the things that might have been happening before. But I'm telling you right now, that's not what's happening to you. Hell wants you to take ownership of a lie and lay down on the floor and curl up in a ball so he can kick you. Yeah. And he wants you to feel like you have no authority or ability to do anything except that. Lay down on the floor and just try to make it. I walked in here and I saw a girl that loves God. And I said, let me, let me just sing the song to you that I was singing in the spirit because I hear it now. And I just started singing, you're a daughter of Zion. I mean, I just started prophesying over. And she's just weeping. I mean, coming undone. I said, this is what God's saying you are. Who you are. You've got to make a decision what you're going to believe. Are you going to believe what Father is declaring about you? Or are you going to believe the lies that hell is trying to put in your ears, that the enemy is trying to say to you? And it was just, it was an amazing time. I sang over that girl, I mean, for a while. 
it was just I, you know, I've never personally done it like that before. But that will happen. And I, I start telling you, you've got to begin to sing a song of deliverance over your life. I've learned to sing songs of victory over my life, over my family, over my children, over my finances. I've learned to sing a song of, of, of deliverance. Every time I feel hell rise up against me and try to come like a flood, I begin to worship and I begin to sing this song of truth that he's already declared about who I am. I refuse to come into agreement with the lie of hell. I don't have to. But I do have to respond to the truth of God that he has spoken over me. I have to put a demand on the anointing on my life. It says right here, y'all, I'm going to jump and I'll come back to that in a minute. You know, in 2 Timothy 1, Peter, Peter Paul's writing to, to Timothy and he tells him, stir up the gift that's within you by the laying on of my hands. Stir up the gift that's within you by the laying on of my hands. That's a, a big statement because how, how do you process in your mind without surrendering to the truth of Holy Ghost that somebody can put their hands on you and spiritually deposit something on you of significance? And Paul's telling Timothy that. And he tells him, you know, stir it up. But what does he say? It's in you. I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul tells Timothy, this is in you. But you have a responsibility to do something with it. Do you know that if you've been born again, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus is where? On the inside. But you can let it lay there dormant if you desire. Or you can actually begin to put a demand on it and begin to stir that thing up that God put in there at your born again birth. But the responsibility is yours. My responsibility is to tell you that you can. To remind you that you should be. But you don't have to give in to hell. Why is Paul telling Timothy that? Why is he telling him that God's not giving you a spirit of fear? Because Timothy was dealing with fear. All of a sudden he's standing there by himself. Paul's somewhere else in the world. Timothy has this responsibility for all these new believers and all these churches. And, and now it's him having to stand against all the onslaught of hell. And he's under attack. He's under siege with fear and everything that comes with tormenting spirits that, try and, that are trying to just stop you from doing the works of the one who sent you. Do you understand if you begin to look at every assault on your life, it has one mission, one goal, one desire to stop you from doing that. To stop you from being the light of the world. To stop you from doing the works of the one who sent you. And if we would really understand that, then we would be able to, to hear Paul as he talks to Timothy and respond to the same declaration that he's making. I know it's funny back there, boys, but y'all should probably pay attention. They're my children. I can say it to them if I want. 
focus. <laughs> when, I, when I told them in that room that day, I want to pray in the Spirit. It wasn't because I was trying to be super spiritual. I was just trying to be spiritual. I know there's something in me that God put there. And I wanted to put a demand on it. So I, I began to stir up that gift within me. The spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. The spirit that reveals all mysteries. The spirit that is the teacher of all things. He's inside of me. The spirit that hovered over the waters. Waiting for the voice of God to speak. So there could be light. That is in me. And it's in you if you believe in him. But that requires response to stir that up. And in that moment, do you know what I was doing? I was stirring up the gift of God in me so I could release something to help that young girl. I wasn't trying to invent anything. I wasn't trying to come up with something to impress them. I was sent there to do a job. I was sent there, and if that job is go in that room and help that girl get free from lie or demons, whatever one it might be when I walk in there, it's irrelevant. I am there to do the works of the one who sent me. When I walked into this church today, I was sent here to do the works of the one he sent me. When I walk into Walmart, when I walk into my house, I am there for one purpose, to do the works of the one who sent me. I, I don't exist for anything else. I refuse to let anything else come into my life and tell me that I've got a different purpose than that. And because I've made that decision, it releases me into something that he's already put in me to do. I, I feel so free to not have to perform or do a spiritual work. I don't have to preach a certain amount of time. I don't have to wow you. I don't have to do anything except what he wants me to do when I get here. And when I stand here the whole time, it's, okay, what is it you want me to do when I'm standing here? How do you want me to minister to you, Father? What is the anointing that you've given me for this moment? In 1 John, he says this, y'all. He says that, uh, 220. But you, this is John writing to his church. This is John writing to his spiritual sons and daughters. He's not writing to the council of the apostles. He's not writing to the elders. He's not even writing to the pastors. He's just writing to his spiritual sons and daughters. And he makes an amazing statement. He says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One. If you love Jesus, if you have believed upon him, if you have been found justified, been found innocent by faith in Jesus, you have received an anointing from him. You just have it. It don't matter how old you are. It don't matter how young you are. It don't matter how long you've been doing this, how much Bible you can quote, how much ministry you know how to perform. You have received an anointing from the Lord. And what is that anointing for? To do the works of he who sent you. It doesn't matter what you think your ministry role is. It don't matter where you think you fit in the five-fold ministry if you do or don't. It's, that, that is not the point. I have an anointing because I have been born again. And he put his spirit in me. Now, it's my responsibility to put a demand on that. 
and do the works of the one who sent me. Whatever they may be, wherever that might be at. I love you, Jesus. A great part of what I do is trying to get people to understand who they really are to him. Is to get them to really surrender to the beloved identity that he just loves you. Right. On your worst, nastiest, filthiest day. He loved you at the highest level you could ever be loved. It's just an amazing truth. He didn't start loving you when you got born again and got cleaned up. The minute you surrendered and believed on him, he loved you. Right before you surrendered to him, he loved you. It, it, his love for you never changes. Your ability to benefit fully from it does not depend on his love towards you. It just depends on your response to his love that's always at a maximum level. His love is always right here. Our only responsibility is to respond by believing and surrendering to it. And the minute you do, you get the full benefit of that love. And nobody can limit that except you and yourself. But right after understanding that you are his beloved and that he loves you just because he loves you comes the understanding that he has called you for a purpose. Paul makes a statement in Ephesians telling them that you would understand the hope of your calling. That word hope means expectation. That you would understand the expectation of his calling on your life. He's called you because he loves you. He made you because he desires you. He walks with you. He sent his son because he wants to be with you forever. But he has an expectation on your life. Do you understand that Father has an expectation on every one of y'all that he is waiting for you to meet? It's not an expectation of performance. It's an expectation of surrender. That you actually have a purpose that he has anointed for you to accomplish. That no one else is probably going to get done like you could get done. He's expecting you to respond to his call with obedience, with surrender. When Peter's preaching to Cornelius, he tells him, when he's preaching to everybody in Cornelius' house, he says in verse 38 in chapter 10, he says, As God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. You know, I like that. Do you know that Jesus did not one miracle until he was anointed by the Holy Ghost? Not one. He didn't change wine to water to wine. He didn't heal no blinded eyes. He didn't raise up no dead. He didn't make the lame get up and walk. He did not one thing until he was anointed by God. The Bible says that even Jesus being God, is it right there, that he had to be anointed by God as a man to do the work that he had been sent to do. And when he was anointed by God, he was anointed with power. Hey, Miss Jazzy, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> it's good to see you. You know this, Miss Jazzy, you've been anointed by power. By the hand of God. 
Jesus is the example that we're all following. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. His life is the life we're supposed to be living right now. And if Jesus was anointed by Father with power, that means so have we. If we're following Jesus. If we've been born again, we've been anointed by God with power to do his works. And the world is waiting on us to do that. We struggle with surrender to that. We are constantly in the same way we're judging whether or not we're his beloved. We're judging on whether or not we're qualified to be able to make those statements. Lots of people get mad at me when I talk like this and, and I actually just surrender to the fact of, that he called me to do something. He gave me authority to do it. I feel like I've been approved to do it by him because he said I was. So now I don't, I don't, I don't go back and, and, and try to judge if I'm worthy of that. He just did that. So it's my job to respond every day of my life and walk in the anointing and the authority that he's given me. There are lots of military people in here. When you know your rank in the military, you walk at the level of your rank. You don't go underneath that because somebody says that that might not be. You got the stripes or whatever on your arm. So you operate at the level that you have been assigned. And you don't let somebody else come up and take it from you. Why do we struggle so hard with this inside of the kingdom of God? When he has clearly defined for us that we have received an anointing. That we are the light of the world. Why would we ever let any demon of hell, whether it's coming through the voice of a human or not, take that away from us? And it's important that we understand that we can't do that because Peter tells him over in, or Peter and Paul tells him over in Corinthians when he's talking about spiritual gifts in chapter 12, he tells them that the gifts are given for the edification of the body. Do you understand the anointing that you have been given in its truest sense is not for you. It is for somebody else. Jesus was anointed by power and he went around doing good. And casting out devils and healing the sick. The anointing that was given to him wasn't for himself. It was to do the job and to manifest the goodness of God to everybody around him in any form it needed to happen. And when you argue with the truth of God that you're not anointed and you've not been called and there's no expectation on your life, you live without meeting that expectation. And what happens is you actually rob the people around you that God anointed you to help. You have to put a demand on the anointing within you to help the people around you. Paul said, I'm the least of these, but I'm still anointed. He, he, it wasn't coming from a place of pride or boastfulness. He says, I am the least of these, but there is a grace that's been given to me to help you. I'm not confused. I know I was killing people and putting them in jail a few months ago, a few years ago. But anyway, God said, you're anointed and I'm giving you grace to go help these people. Now go do it. He was not confused about where he had come from. He didn't think he was the cream of the crop or he was the one who should have been chosen. 
He acknowledged, I am the least of all of these people. If we're going to look at a physical person from a, from a humanistic standpoint, knowing what I've done to the people of God, I am the least of everybody else. But he still gave me grace to help you. And he said, by God, I'm going to put a demand on what was given to me to help you. I believe that that grace has been put in my life as a son of God. I believe as, as an apostle over this house and other houses, as a pastor, as whatever it is I might be doing wherever I am, as a husband. There's an anointing that's been given to me to love my wife like Jesus loves the church. When, when, when it says that Adam was given a helpmate, do you understand that Eve was given an anointing to fulfill a role to her husband? She was anointed to help him. You're sitting in here today and you, you're fighting at home and you got constant conflict and, and you, you, you're just always back and forth, jockeying for who's right and who's wrong. And you don't even realize God put an anointing on you the minute you came into covenant with that man or woman to be their helpmate. He put an anointing on you to help them. You know what your responsibility is when you understand that? To say, I have an anointing, I'm going to stir it up so I can help them. So I can be the priest in my home. So I can cover her with the word. So I can lead her into the path of righteousness and cause her to lay down by still waters. I have an anointing to do that with my wife. And she has an anointing to help me. But if you don't believe that, you won't put a demand on that anointing. What if you actually went home and sat down with Jesus and said, I'm sorry, Father, I didn't understand that. You've anointed me with oil, with the Holy Ghost and power to help that man, to help that woman. And begin to actually put a demand on something that was deposited in you. What would life look like then as you begin to release that river of living water through your house? Instead of just trying to figure out how you could be right and they could be more wrong. We've got to understand that we have been anointed to do the work of the one who sent us. In your marriage, in your work, in your home, it's all the same. You got an anointing on your life. Stir that thing up. Begin to put a demand on it. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. It don't matter if you read your Bible this morning or not. It doesn't matter if you got it all right yesterday. The anointing of God is still on you. When you read, and the Bible talks about Caiaphas, the high priest. I use this verse because most people, they want to fight with you about this. He was, he was appointed to be high priest of Israel. The system that God himself put in order. And the Bible says that he prophesied because he was high priest. That it was better that one man die for the nation instead of the nation for one man. Talking about Jesus. He had the ability to prophesy to the nation because of the office that he was in. He was anointed by God because he was high priest to be able to hear the voice of God and speak it to the nation. He had nothing to do with his intimate relationship with God because it obviously was pretty lacking because he went to kill Jesus. 
But it didn't change the ability and the anointing that was on his life to perform the role that Father himself had established. Now, if that is true for somebody who is in no intimate connection with God and can't even realize that that is the Son of God, the Messiah, standing before him, if that's true for that guy, how much more for somebody that has the Spirit of God on the inside of them? If he knew how to walk into the, the holy place, the holiest of holies, and, and hear the voice of God and then come back out and prophesy to the people just because he knew he had a right to. He knew he had a right to that because he was anointed to fulfill that role. No intimate relationship with God, but still anointed by God to do a job. And we love Jesus. And we want to disqualify ourselves because we, we, we got mad yesterday. Or we said something we shouldn't. Or we watched something we shouldn't. Or This ain't permission to live that way. But it's also not permission to disqualify yourself from the anointing that God has placed on your life. When I go into a sin in some area of my life that I thought I'd, I thought wasn't there anymore. Do you know what that is? That is Father showing me where I have yet to conform to the truth of who I am. And, and it's not permission, but it brings to my attention, I need to fix that. I have not surrendered to truth because that is the only way that can have hold on my life. And then I have a decision to deal with that with the Lord and let truth reign in my life in that area or let sin dominate me. But I've been anointed to walk as, as a son of God. I'm free from sin. And the only way I can go into sin is if I just believe the lie about who I am not. So my job is to surrender over and over again to the truth until righteousness is just what I practice without even thinking about it. I love you, Jesus. And he said, I love you too. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1.15, I just got a, a few verses that are going to be random. But I want you guys to hear this. In 2 Corinthians 1.15, Paul said this, in this confidence, look, he was confident. In this confidence, what confidence? He's just to tell us. In this confidence, I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit. Paul says in this confidence. He was confident of what? That if I come to you, you're going to get a second benefit. If I come to you, there's going to be a benefit from me showing up. Well, you sure do think a lot of yourself, Paul. <laughs> you're just letting everybody know if you come, you're just going to be a benefit to them. And, and he, he, he didn't look at himself. He looked at God's grace given to him to help those people. We need to understand that. As a mother of the father of your home, your children, God's given you grace to be a benefit to them. The people that you work by, God's put an ability on your life to change the atmosphere when you walk in the room. Do you understand that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world? 
that wherever I go, the chaos, whether it's in a war zone or there in, in Sandy in Mexico or even when the chaos swirls in my own home, when I step there, there's a grace given to me to be a benefit and to change the atmosphere. And if I step into that situation expecting what's in me to flow out to that situation, you know what will happen? You'll begin to put a demand on the anointing that's on your life and you will change the situation because you're standing there. So I believe this. I believe that God has given me his anointing to do his work everywhere I go. Not when I'm preaching. Not when I'm going to start a church or going to be a missionary or going to do this. Everywhere I go, I believe I've been given that ability. I just believe it. I, I just, I refuse to question that. With my wife, with my children, I believe that she just needs to hear the sound of my voice and everything that's happening around her will just go. I believe I just stand by my sons and my daughters. It just goes. And what's on my life envelops them. And they get a moment of peace. You know, it's it's awesome. We were down the road at church, you guys, and somebody in our church invited a guy at the drive-thru window at one of these places in town, invited him to church. He came. Young kid. He's like 20 or something. He ain't been in church and I think his mom's Mormon or something. or I don't know, some Jehovah's Witness or something like that. He ain't used to our kind of church. So he comes. He actually comes on a prayer night of all nights. And that's fun. <laughs> I, I, tell, I tell everybody there, if you can only come to one service a week, you need to be at prayer. Sunday should be the optional service. Because there's something about the anointing of praying together that releases goodness in a different way. Most people don't believe that, so they don't put a demand on that anointing and the help that they're supposed to be getting in their families and their marriages and their kids and their work and their finance and their health. It was right up there in unity, but you won't come get it and put a demand on it because you don't see no value in it. That's right. Anyway. So I was there, and, and I just went over and sat by him, put my arm, he's sitting in the chair. I just put my arm around him, and I just started praying out loud for him. I mean, he doesn't have a relationship with the Lord and hasn't, grown up in any of that. And so I just put my arm around him and just sat by him and started praying for him. Yeah. I, I mean, just real simple stuff, you know. And I was, but I was letting him hear my voice. Yeah. I, I have an anointing on my life, so I've been going to put a demand on that so it could run on to him. Come on. I don't just pray to, to speak. I release. I release what God has given me. He's given me grace. I give you grace. It's right there. If you want it, you can have it. I'm giving it to you. Because he's actually given me grace to help you in this house. He's given me grace to help my wife. He just has. And I release it. I refuse to hold it. Now, I'm, I'm just sitting there praying. Let him hear the words. And I get up and I walk off and we went on praying. At the end of the night, he came over and sat by me on the other side of the service and we're all just talking after prayer. And he's like, you know, that's the weirdest thing. And I'm like, what, man? So when you came over and put your arm around me and started praying, I just started feeling like really good. It's like that was like he and he he was like that was like really good. I just felt like good. Like, I don't know what that was, but that was good. <laughs> and I just started laughing, you know, and I just started telling, him, well, that was that was the spirit of God touching you. That was the the joy of the Lord and the peace of God running over you. 
I said, but man, you know, there's a sad part to this. And he's like, what? I said, you're fixing to go home and it ain't going with you. It's coming with me. He just looked at me. What do you mean? I was like, because he lives on the inside of me. And you were just allowed to experience the presence of God that's on my life. Not so you look at something as unattainable, but so you know the reality that exists when you were in his presence. I said, you got to experience that, but until you let him on the inside, you only get to feel it when you're around me and other people who've got him like me. So you're fishing to go home, and he's not going with you like that. And he's just looking at me. He ain't used to this kind of witnessing. And I begin to, to share the gospel with him. I mean, just simple, direct, about how Father wants to come and dwell on the inside of you just like he does on me. So that what you just felt, you never need another person or a church service or somebody praying for you. He comes to make his home on the inside of you. And everywhere you go, you can put a demand on that anointing and that relationship that now dwells in you. And his eyes are just lighting up because he never heard this. I mean, his, at best, he knows, say this prayer and you might make it to heaven. That's not the gospel. Jesus said in, in John 17, he said, this is eternal life, that you may know him, the one true God, and his son, Jesus Christ, to him sent. That's the gospel. And when you have him on the inside of you and you have rivers of living water coming out of you, you can expose people to the reality that is there for the sons and daughters of God and the people who are willing to believe and respond. That's the work of the one who sent you. That you bring the reality of him to bear on every situation that you come into. That you actually believe you have the ability to be the fragrance in the air when you walk into the room. Because he's in you. And he's anointed you to be that. Jesus. So, it's important that you believe this. Not because I'm telling you, because this is the gospel. I can choke you with scripture on this. I can read these verses all day long. Paul is continuously saying this over and over through his letters because he wants the people hearing to understand if this is true for me, it's got to be true for you. You understand, there's no elitist system inside of the kingdom of God. What's true for me has to be true for you or it's just not true at all. If I'm anointed and he's anointed me, then you have to be anointed. If he anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost in power, that means that's what's available for us and that's what has been done to us when we believe and yield to him so that we can do the exact same thing that he did everywhere we go. And we got to understand that that's who we are. We're the anointing ones of God. And when we begin to believe that about ourselves, it's just like beloved identity, huh? If I believe I'm his favorite, I, I am absolutely required that so are you, Jazzy. I don't know how we get to share that title, but we do. If I really believe that 
I have been made righteous by his righteousness because I believe that I have to believe that about everybody else who has believed. If I've been made in his image, so have you. If the spirit of love, the spirit of God and the love of God was deposited in my heart when I was born again, it was in yours too. If it's true for me, then I have to accept it is true for everybody else around me. And if I have been anointed by God and I have an anointing to do the works of him who sent me, then I have to submit to that truth being truth for you also. And if I understand, I have to stir up the gift that was put, on, put in me by the laying on hands or by the born again experience I have had and the spirit of God coming to live on the inside of me, then I have to put a demand also on the anointing that's on your life. And you're supposed to put a demand on the anointing that's on my life. When you read in Acts, Philip was chosen, he was ordained and anointed by the apostles to feed widows. He had a good reputation. He was full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the wisdom of God. And because of that, he got to serve widows. The most minimal requirement of doing any service in the kingdom of God. And, and he was placed over this and he did that and then persecution happened and he scattered. He walks into a city, preaches the gospel with nothing to his name, but he knows I am anointed. And because he surrenders to the anointing of God on his life with nothing materialistically to back it up that God's with him. He walks in there and preaches Jesus with the anointing of God. He was serving widows a few minutes ago. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't leading the church there in that way. He was somebody serving the family of God. But he said, I have an anointing. And if I can't serve widows, then I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. And because he did, he cast out demons, he healed the sick, and great joy filled the city because one man surrendered to the anointing of God that was on his life, and he walked in that city and began to put a demand on it by opening his mouth and telling people about the one who had just cost him everything materialistically he had ever had. He put a demand on the anointing. What would happen if you, worked, you walked into your work tomorrow or your school, you walked into those relationships and, and with a completely different mindset and begin to put a demand on the anointing that's on your life and begin to speak the gospel to people and speak the love of God and speak peace to the storm. If you just walk in there in the middle of chaos and you just start saying peace, peace in this place. You ain't even got to make a show of it. You just walk in there, I release the joy of the Lord in here to y'all. And all of a sudden people just can't be mad no more. Well, that's just crazy. What, what if it's just you putting a demand on the anointing on your life and great joy begin to fill your workplace just because you walked in? What if you quit looking at your circumstances to decide if that could actually be true if you could put a demand on the anointing on your life? We walk in and he does that. I mean, I mean, the Holy Ghost busts out everywhere. It's joy in the city. What an amazing thing. But then there's an amazing thing that happens. It says that the apostles, Peter and them, heard in Jerusalem. They heard, in my opinion, but I believe they heard because he sent word to them and told them. He sent word to them and told them. That's what I believe. And I think they came because he put a demand on the anointing on their life.
he actually understood Peter and John and all the rest of them. They've been anointed by God to do a job. I've been anointed. Look what's happening. I didn't need no help, and the whole city's got joy in it. I've been casting out devils and seeing people born again and baptizing people and healing the sick. I have an anointing on my life. But you know what that didn't do? It's so amazing how he understood kingdom and how the kingdom of God and the order of God. Because even though he was seeing all of this happening through the anointing on his life, he still had the ability to recognize they also have an anointing. And I'm going to put a demand on that anointing to help me and to help the people who God just put in my hands. In a moment where most people will say, I ain't just to invite nobody in here. I'm not just going to let nobody come in here and tell me what to do. I did this. My anointing did this. I established this. I came in here and preached. I'm the one who cast out the devils. I ain't got nobody come in here and tell me what to do. That's how we all think. <laughs> if we're not surrendered to the humility of Christ. And we don't understand the kingdom of God. And we don't understand that it's right for us to put a demand on the anointing that each one of us have. That we need each other. Like we need each other. Like we need each other in the anointing that's on our lives because Father has made us to be family so that we are strong when the other one's weak. And when this one's weak, this one's strong. And because he brought them there and put a demand on their anointing, there was a release of the Holy Ghost and people were baptized in the Spirit of God and began to prophesy and speak in other tongues and they actually received a measure of the pouring out of God that they had not received even with all the miracles that they experienced. That did not happen until the apostles came. And the apostles didn't come until they heard and were invited and somebody put a demand on them. Well, why are you saying that? Because that's your role in this house? Yes. But you know what? If that's true for me in the position that God's placed me in in this family, it's true for the elders in this house. It's true for the pastors in this house. That if I have been given an anointing as an apostle in this house to bring a help and to be a benefit when I walk in here with life and authority and the anointing to drive hell back and to take ground in the kingdom of God for people and to release truth and revelation. If that's true for me, then it has to be true for everybody else. Yes. Pastor DJ, as the pastor of this house, has an anointing that the rest of you in here do not have. Not because you're better than you. Not because he studied more. Not because he was a better person. Not because he put more years better together than you did. Just because God chose him to be that person in that office. He has received an anointing to do a job and that is to help you. Period. I wouldn't have chose me. <laughs> I disqualified me lots of times and he just kept telling me I couldn't. I know myself better than anybody in this room. I would not have chose me. But I don't have a right to make that decision. I have a right to submit and be obedient. Or you know what happens? I'm called to be this person, but because I disqualify myself, I'm standing here with help that you people need. 
deliverance for your house and your family, your marriages, words of life for your sons and daughters, the anointing to drive back demon tormenting spirits and bring you into a place of, of freedom so you can freely surrender to the Lord because I walk in with the anointing that God's given me in that role. If I say no, you know what happens? I rob you of what he's given me to give to you. If Brother DJ says, and, and Miss Jewel says, no, no, well, you know, and they go through all the list of why that can't be so. Then they rob you of the, the grace and the anointing that God's put on them to bring life to you. This is an elder-driven church. Every, every church that I walk with that I get a chance to established this way, I believe in elder-driven churches. I'm the apostle in this house. I was received by the elders in this church, and that's what was established, and they said yes to that. Brother DJ's the pastor. And we have elders in this church, and this church is governed by a body of elders, not by an individual. Does that make me less? Does it make Brother DJ less? No, it doesn't make anything less. It just makes it according to the scriptures as we can best see it. But there's an anointing given to me to do the job that I do here. There's an anointing given to Brother DJ to do the job. But there's also an anointing given to the elders. Would the elders stand up, please? If you're an elder, stand up. Y'all can stand up, Brother DJ. All right. Y'all just hold on. I don't know where Brother James went, Miss Ginger. There's Brother James. Y'all, don't sit down. Don't sit down, please. Miss Ginger's somewhere. Brother Ron's not here this morning. So there's two not present. But all of us standing right now, we're elders. Do you know that there's an anointing given to me as the apostle sent to this house to do a job to help you? Amen. He put things in my hands he didn't give to Brother DJ. Things were put in Brother DJ's hands that weren't given to the rest of the elders. Things were put in the hands and the anointing was put on the elders that weren't given to other people in this church. It doesn't mean we're better. It doesn't mean that we're loftier and we're to be served. It means we've actually been called to serve the family of God, and he's given us the ability to do that. Do you know that you're responsible to put a demand on the anointing on all of our lives to help you? When you read in James, the Bible says that if there's any sick among you, what are you supposed to do? Say it loud. Come on. Call for the elders, and what will happen? The prayer of faith will raise you up and save you. Well, how many of you call for the elders when you're sick? Now, see, there's a problem. Listen, I'm not, I'm not rebuking you. I'm just pointing this out. See, if we really believe that the elders, and I'm an elder in this house also, just like Brother DJ. Y'all can sit down. <laughs> uh, but if you don't put a demand on that and the anointing on their life, there's going to be times where your faith ain't getting you free. There's going to be times you're not going to be able to get yourself out of the cloud and the, and the attack of hell that's on top of you. It's like that little girl in that room over in Ukraine. She's, she loves, she's awesome, but she's under an onslaught of hell and she can't think straight. Well, I was sent there to do a job. I had an anointing on my life to help. 
And you know what that grandma did who's been serving God for like 50 years preaching? She recognized that me, who can't even speak her language, had been sent there by God to help. So you know what she did? She came up to me and she said, I prayed for her last week, but it ain't happening yet. I want you to help. She put a demand on the anointing that God had put on my life to be standing in that country to help. And because she was willing to put a demand on me, somebody got free. Somebody came into joy and peace. But she had to respond. I didn't even know nothing about the situation. I didn't expect her to. I didn't know what I was stepping into. It was irrelevant. It doesn't matter if I agree with her doctrine and her thoughts on all of that. It doesn't matter. I have an anointing on my life to change whatever the situation is that overrides every other thing. You understand that that is such a clear statement made by James that if you were sick, call for the elders. What is he saying that they're, you know, they're superior in your faith? No, but there's going to be times where you have to put a demand on the anointing on the people that God has put in your life to help you. See, I believe this. If I'm bound and can't get free, if I'm sick and can't get free, I'm looking around and I'm grabbing somebody's hand and putting it on my head and telling them to pray. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, I'm the apostle. I'm the apostle. I, I don't care. When I'm in a bind, I just want free. I don't care if it comes from the five-year-old running up. If you have an anointing, let me have it. And you do. We were, and we were in church, uh, I don't know, like a month ago. We've been training for a half marathon, me and Rachel and the kids. And, and I started having horrible, I mean, for like three weeks, I'm getting lit up with a sciatic nerve. I mean, just electrifying me all day long. No matter what position I get, I couldn't get it stopped. And we, we had prayer Thursday night, and it was amazing. It was awesome. The Holy Ghost comes in there, y'all. It was just a wonderful time. And we were just having a good prayer time. And at the end, during the last five minutes, all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord started speaking to me. And I just started praying about healing, healing coming in the house, healing in his wing. I mean, I just started going down the list, just declaring healing over our families and over everybody was sick. I mean, and all of a sudden, everybody came into unison under that one prayer. All over the sanctuary. And the glory of God came in because we came into unity as everybody in that room. And it would have been a great prayer time, but it had not been like that. And as soon as I started praying for healing in our family and declaring it, everybody just said, whew. And then it just sat down in the room. And Brother Gill, one of our elders there, one of our elders there, at the end of prayer was done, he's like, man, I just feel like we need to take advantage of this anointing that's in the room. He's like, we need to pray. And he's like, I'm going to pray for this lady right here. And he had us all come over and pray for her. I don't remember who it was, what was going on. But I'm, I'm sitting there, we're all praying for him, you know. And he's like, does anybody need prayer? And I'm thinking, man, I need prayer. I'm tired of getting lit up. And I stand around and say, I need prayer. Y'all pray for me, my sad nerve. And they prayed for me. Because I'm putting a demand on the anointing. On everybody in that room, on that elder who was asking to pray for people, on the believers that are in there calling on the name of the Lord, I am putting a demand on the anointing on their life because they have an answer I haven't been able to get for myself. We went on praying for people. The next day in the afternoon, I'm running. I'm like two miles in on this run. My friend Max says, I don't run. He says, I waddle. So I'm waddling up this hill going by Brother Tommy and Miss Barbara's house. And I'm running up the hill and I'm thinking, and I'm like, man, 
running up the hill, my, my I ain't felt that, that nerve don't hurt. And I'm running, I'm thinking, when did I feel that thing the last time? And I begin to remember, I had not felt that pain since everybody laid hands on me at the prayer meeting. And it had been almost 24 straight hours. I've done, ran the race, I've done, flew like 36 hours, traveled on train twice, 16 hours, rode on cars all over these countries, slept on not good accommodations, and it still doesn't hurt. It was instantly gone that night. Why? Because I put a demand on the anointing that was present with the people there. What if we actually begin to believe that the person sitting to the left and the right of us had the answer for our solution, our problem? They had the solution. And we begin to put a demand on that. See, I believe that you have answers for me. I believe that as much as I've been anointed to help you, you've been anointed to help me. I just believe that. Any real relationship in the kingdom of God is a two-way street. But if I don't put a demand on it, you're sitting there holding answers for me, and I'm just sitting there spinning in the dirt, hurting, pulling my hair out, ripping my beard out, trying to pray myself through, and God's saying, dummy, they're sitting right there. Well, because you don't value the anointing on your own life, you won't value it in nobody else's. Because you don't think you're somebody else's answer, you don't think anybody else is yours. If you don't know how to put a demand on the anointing on your own life, you're more than likely not just to put a demand on it on somebody else for your answer. You know, when Paul told him that he was coming to be a benefit for him, he, the, next, the very next thing he says out of his mouth, and you're going to help me get on my way. So I'm coming to be a benefit, and you're going to be a benefit to me. He had no problems telling him this is a two-way street. There's answers of God sitting in here for you in your life. I mean, it's great to be friends. It's great to be buddies. It's great to have awesome community here. But if the Spirit of God is not in the middle of it, you, you might as well be in the Kiwanis Club or something. <laughs> this has to be based on the truth of God and the Spirit of the Lord that is one Spirit that makes us family. We can't just be satisfied to be in the club. We got to walk under the responsibility that Father has placed on us when He called us with His calling to be His Son and gave us His Spirit and His anointing. People are waiting on us. Man, I want y'all to leave here encouraged. I want you to leave here realizing I do have an anointing on my life. It's got nothing to do with how you think about yourself. Thinking about yourself properly as God sees you allows you to have the ability to begin to understand that and begin to release it. It allows you to begin to be the answer for other people because you actually believe that you are that to him. I want us to be that. I want to be that. I want to yield to the truth of who I am because of what he said. Not because I think something to myself. I just want to believe what he said about me. And I don't want to be standing here at the end of my race with my hands full of oil and gifts for the people that God wanted me to give them away to and them standing there suffering because I didn't think I had that ability to be that person. So I kept my mouth shut. Jesus said, if you believe, you will lay your hands on the sick and they shall be healed. 
If he said that you shall be able to do that, that's because he's anointed you as a believer to do that. Right? He's actually put oil on you to see people healed. But if you don't stretch your hand out and put it on sick people and put a demand on that anointing that is on your life through the faith that you have in Jesus, whose fault is that? The person that was supposed to get healed is suffering and you are still struggling with whether or not he loves you. I don't want that to be what's around me. It's wonderful, man, to see God flow through you and see God touch people and surrender to this truth and, and see the answers of the Lord be in you for other people. But it also gives me such a greater ability to understand, man, I don't have to suffer through something by myself. One of the greatest things I ever surrendered to was how much anointing my wife had to help me. I'm not, I mean to help me. It took me a while to surrender to that. And I would carry things and try to be a man and bear up under things and not let nobody see because I'm supposed to be the priest of the home and the leader. And that is true. That is so true. And I absolutely believe that in my life. But God would let me get into bonds because I was not willing to put a demand on the anointing that he had put on her life to help me be that. And he would just let me be locked up until I was willing to put a demand on the anointing on her life. And all of a sudden, one day, it just kind of hit me. There's the help. All I had to do was say something. All I had to do was invite her to lay her hands on me and calm the storms, and it went away. It's an amazing thing to surrender to the truth of God, y'all. All right. I'm done. I don't, I don't feel the need to have a long thing. But I, I, does this help? Does this register in your hearts at all? I know it's truth. This is life for me. But sooner or later, we have to respond, y'all. The world's waiting on us to respond. An anointing is given to us to do a job, and that's his work. I bless you. I love you guys. We've got to understand that we've been given an anointing in the Holy Ghost and power. But we've got to put a demand on it. We, we have to actually stir something up on the inside of us. We have to yield ourselves to people. Do you know when Peter and them were invited to come, as I believe, and they heard, they still had a response to make that journey and make that sacrifice to be there. They had to yield to the demand that was put on them for people to receive what God had given them for those folks. Everybody has a responsibility to respond in every direction. But when we understand that we have the ability to change lives and defeat hell, it sure does make responding easier. So I, I bless y'all today. Father, I bless this house. I bless this family. Father, let something be stirred up. Let these words, God, begin to resonate on the deep in them. Let them go home understanding I've been given an anointing to change the atmosphere of my house, to bring peace, to be a peacemaker. I've been given the spirit of the living God, Father, that raised Jesus from the dead to bring life into dead situations. I am the answer at my work, at my school. I have the anointing of the Lord on me 
that Jesus had when he was anointed with the Holy Ghost in power and went around doing good. Father, I will put a demand on that. I will open my mouth. I will speak. When other people are afraid, I'll stand up. When they run away, I'll run too because I have been anointed by the Lord with the Holy Ghost in power and I am somebody's answer and somebody else's mind. I'm going to put a demand on them. I thank you, Father. God, give us courage to believe your word. Give us courage to put a demand on each other, Father, and righteousness and holiness. Teach us to believe, Father, to just surrender even when we don't think we deserve that. I love you, Father. Let healing flow into this house. Let peace begin to flow into this house. Let deliverance begin to flow in this house. Let a different understanding come into our minds, Father. Renew our minds with your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Y'all be blessed. I don't know what's next, but somebody's going to come do something. Thank you, brother. Give me a hug. I'm chasing you. I'm sweaty. He says he's a hugger, but I'm really a hugger. I got to chase him down and give him a hug once in a while. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we truly appreciate I mean, just what a good word. And man, it's good to have you back in the house, brother. It's good to see you. Good to see you safe. He, he's traveling all over the place. Can we? I want to put that company of believers uh, giving thing back up there just so you know. Now, what they do, you've heard him talk about this, but he's all over from the Ukraine to Mexico to all over the states to you got all kinds of places you've been going, Canada. And, and uh, there's just if that's something that God lays on your heart to give to what he's doing at a bigger level, that's what it is. We belong to the company of believers. We're part of that. Uh, we get to even he, we get the honor to travel with them when we go to different places and, and, and be part of that mission as we go out. Uh, we've taken people down to Mexico where all that's part of that mission. And, and we've, we've induced the, the mission field into people through the company of believers. So uh, it goes bigger than you can think. So, you know, this is just something if take a picture of that, hang on to that. God lays it on your heart to give to the bigger cause of what we're doing. Then please, please, please uh, give to that and, and bless them uh, in that way. But man, so good. I just I love you guys. And uh, thank you all for coming out today. We're going to have our prayer partners at the crosses on either side. If you're a prayer partner, you can be over there. If you need prayer this morning, don't leave without getting that prayer. Um, we just, man, we love you guys. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and, and, and all that. And look, just, man, be blessed. And we look forward to seeing everybody next week. I know Brother Bo will be up here if you want to come talk to him. He ain't seen him in a bit. He'll be standing up here. We love you guys. God bless.